Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Jess Weinberg shares her story about God bringing her healing and a restored soul. She talks about anxiety, depression, struggling with self-harm, and how God helped her navigate those darker times by bringing other people into her life and bringing her to His Word. She talks about Matthew 9, verses 1 through 8, and the story of the paralytic man and his friends bringing him to Jesus. Jess talks about how God kept showing up in her life and providing everything she needed. We hope you're encouraged by this message. All right. I have the, yes. I have the joy and the pleasure and the honor of introducing my best friend in the whole world. Do you? This is Jess Weinberg. If you don't know Jess, uh, she is a former student of ours. She graduated just last year, went to Clemson, has had a great run with 2020 COVID. It's been awesome. And um, no, she is just an incredible girl. She's got an incredible story. This is our last week of 2020 with NFGS. We're finishing our My Story series. And Jess approached me a few weeks ago and you were like, oh, dude, could I share my story in the series? And I was like, yes, that would be amazing. That's been like desire forever for you to share your story. And I don't want to steal all your thunder, but I, I will just say... Like two years ago, two and a half years ago, is when I first started to get to know Jess as a student. And I can tell you, two and a half years ago, she would have never, I mean, I could have put like a million dollars on the table and be like, teach at FGS in two years. And she would have been like, no, dude, like never. But God has just done incredible things in your heart, including the courage to stand up here, which is pretty scary, I'm not going to lie to you. And, uh, and dude, we just cannot wait to hear your story. I'm so proud of you. I'm, I'm going to be blessed by this. I know everybody's going to be blessed by this. So Jess, the stage is yours. We can't wait to hear it. And um, yeah, just super excited. So thanks, sis. Thank you. Appreciate You're the best. Yeah. Is this on? Yeah. Yes, okay, it okay. is on. Guys, give it up for Jess one more time. Let's make her feel welcome. Wow, you guys are so kind. You make me feel so loved. Okay. Um, so, wow, y'all, this is literally my biggest fear. Okay, um, so, like Matt said, like, I'm Jess. Um, I was a student here, just graduated last year. It's been a crazy semester in college, fun stuff. Um, so I kind of wanted to start by just um, kind of prefacing, like, I think a lot of times we hear stories and testimonies of people's lives, and it's like I went through this thing a while ago, and the Lord has really graciously brought me out of it. And I think... Um, For my story, it's a little bit different. I'm going to be talking a lot about just the process of healing that the Lord has done in my life, and um, it's very much one that I am in the middle of and am walking through now, and I think that's been a really beautiful journey that the Lord has just kind of placed in my life and has shifted my perspective so much, and so just kind of starting letting you guys know like some of the things I'm talking about, like most of them like haven't really necessarily gotten to the other side, but the Lord has drastically shifted my perspective of all of these things um, through the last couple years. Um, and also just want to start um, by letting everyone know like I'm going to be talking a lot about my mental health and the different struggles that I've had with that. And I know it can be really hard to sit and listen to those things if it's something you struggle with. And so I just wanted to put that out there in the beginning to let you guys know. So. To give you guys a little backstory, um, I have lived in South Carolina my whole life. Um, I was raised in like a Christian home. I went to Christian schools for most of my life. Um, I also did competitive gymnastics, which was really fun. Um, 
that kind of took over everything um, for the first like 17 years of my life. It was literally the only thing I cared about. Like I kind of had no life because I was always training, which was really um, a fun time. But so yeah, I was at Christian schools for elementary school. And then I think sixth through 10th grade, I was at Southside Christian. And by the end of that 10th grade year, it was just kind of like, this isn't like a great fit for me. Like I was struggling with some different things. And um, ultimately it just kind of led me to leave that year and start at public school for my junior, senior year. Um, I went to Eastside, which was really fun. Um, and so um, I think that process of kind of transitioning in the middle of high school is like such a blessing on the Lord's part for me. Um, I was kind of pulled out of like this Christian bubble that I'd been living in for so long and started realizing like all my friends I had this like first part of the year were like not following Jesus and I was like I know I'm claiming this thing over my life but ultimately like it doesn't look that much different from everyone else and I know that it should and I didn't really understand like how to walk with Jesus because religion was the thing that was so heavily emphasized in my life and so I think I kind of just started walking through this season of like, okay, like I have so many questions about this and I really don't understand like how to do this, like how to truly walk with the Lord and like make, um, make this like a personal walk with Jesus. And the Lord was just really gracious in placing some different people in my life that I was able to talk through like a lot of questions with and just inward struggles of like things I was dealing with like personally, but also like different perspectives about God that I like didn't really understand. And all of that kind of led me towards um, January of my junior year in high school. Um, I was kind of having so many questions and the Lord really met me like at FGS one night. I think Dallas was actually speaking and he kind of like hit just every single one of the questions that I had just been wrestling with so much. And I felt like the Lord just like calling me to himself this night and like that was kind of the moment that I look back and it's like, that's when I really started following Jesus and making that walk my own. Um, so from there, I kind of want to jump to like summer of like after my junior year. Um, kind of unfortunate, I had been dealing with a back injury for like four years that like no one could diagnose what was wrong with. And I found out um, earlier this year that I actually have two compression fractures in my back that aren't going to heal. And so I ended up losing gymnastics, which was really, at that point, seemingly like the biggest thing in my life, like such um, a like holding place of my identity. And like losing that was like, okay, God, like I, you just kind of took the my like the biggest thing away from me like what do you have for me now because I really don't know how to function without it and he very much like filled that time and that space with um, the ministry here and gave me a lot of opportunities to just build really solid like relationships with people and that summer I was able to get really a lot more involved with the ministry and do like a leadership class that Matt does with um, some upper class in that a lot of the seniors are in now. It's a fun time. Um, and so this summer was like such a growing period for me of like, I was literally such a mess. Like I couldn't make it through like a Sunday or like a class without crying. Like I was just a mess all the time because um, the Lord was just uprooting so many like things in my life. And um, the biggest struggle of that, that summer was 
I started experiencing anxiety when I was in elementary school. It really started with gymnastics and the perfectionism that comes with that sport, and then it kind of seeped into every aspect of my life. And then when I was in seventh grade, I started experiencing like really intense bouts of depression. Um, and this summer, like all of those things kind of like came to a head and I was just wrestling so deeply and like all of these things from my past, like different things that had contributed to like making these things worse were all coming up and I, I didn't know how to handle it. And it was like kind of me going between like, I know the Lord is working so deeply in my heart right now and like growing me so much closer to him, but also like I'm in so much pain. And <laughs> I just, I really kind of reached the end of myself that summer and the Lord really showed me like, you've been dealing with this on your own for so long and you can't do it anymore. Like um, I had almost like this like dark room, like this dark place like in my life of like the depths of like all the things that I was feeling and all the things that I was struggling with and I had literally not told really anyone um, that was really gonna help me. And so it was just this process of the Lord teaching me like you have to let people in, you have to tell people like the things that you're going through so that they can help you. And so I remember um, towards the end of that summer, just the Lord really pressing in on my heart like you have things that you are not telling people and you have to work through them. You have to tell someone so that you can, you can heal from it. And so I remember one Sunday night, I don't remember what the message was about, but shocker, I was crying a lot afterwards um, with Rachel. And I just remember like just feeling this weight of like, okay, Jess, like you have to speak some of these things out. And it was that night that I told um, Matt and Rachel that I struggle with self-harm. And that was the first time that I'd ever told someone I dealt with that, um, someone that was actually gonna help me work through it. And I remember in that moment, I felt like so exposed and like this shamefulness that was buried so deep inside of me was like just out for people to see. Obviously not everyone, but it was like, I remember talking with them that night and like I couldn't even look them in the eyes. I was so like just like ashamed of myself and like what I was going through. Um, but they met me with so much love and compassion and just really like showed the Lord's character to me through that. And so I kind of walked through the rest of that summer um, with those things being really heavy and just continuing to wrestle of like, God, I know you're like trying to heal and you're trying to work and move in all these ways, but like, I really don't understand. Um, and I know you're good, but also like, I just see a lot of brokenness. And so kind of going into my senior year, that was like the mindset that I was struggling with of like, Lord, I've seen your faithfulness and I know it's so good. But at the same time, like I was looking at the world through this like lens of so much brokenness and I just found myself so trapped in this mindset of like on a daily basis thinking like God if this is the world like if the world is this broken and painful like I do not want to be here anymore like I just don't want it um and I remember that mindset just spiraling so much through the next couple weeks and I kind of hit my breaking point and like towards the end of September of last year and all of those thoughts that I was struggling struggling with like turned into a desire and an intent to act on those things and I really um, was planning on taking my life, um, which 
was just such a deep, painful hole for me. Um, and I remember just getting to that point this Sunday night and the Lord really protected me from, <laughs> from myself and um, brought me to this place of like, okay, like you have to tell someone that you're feeling this way, like, because I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't. And so I ended up at home that night telling my parents what I was struggling with. And from there, I ended up hospitalized for a little while um, for treatment. And I just remember, like, when I was there, like, it was like this brokenness that had, like, been in my mind for so long. Like, I was so surrounded by it. Like, I was in this place where I was surrounded by deeply hurting people and just, like, literally the depths of brokenness that I'd never experienced before and haven't experienced anywhere else. And it broke, like, the last bit of myself that was, like, put together. And for the next, like, couple months, um, I feel like through December of last year, like, that mindset had turned into, like, this constant thing of, like, I was struggling um, to have any desire to live the life that I had, and I was really suicidal for the rest of that year and was really struggling with self-harm and, like, all of these things. Um, and, like, literally in the middle of it could see no light, but it was this, this like, really hard thing of the Lord pressing in and being, like, just, like, I I am moving and working and I have in so many ways so like please depend on me like please trust me but like it was also such a season of the Lord like uprooting so many like deep-seated lies lies that I had about myself and like my purpose and whether or not I even had a purpose um lies that I was believing about God and like his character and like what that relationship looked like I just kind of reached this point where I was like okay, like, I am not getting any better, um, and I'm, I'm coming to you with this, so, like, you must be this, like, absent, passive God that, like, doesn't care that I'm struggling and hurting this much, and, like, you're just not going to take it, um, and that was really my perspective for a long time, so um, the Lord kind of graciously did mend some of it, and, like, after December of last year, like, I did reach more of a point that I went through through kind of the rest of my senior year where, like, it wasn't as constant, but it was definitely just, like, still there, this, like, continual, like, I really, like, don't want to be alive anymore and was really struggling with anxiety, really struggling with depression. Like, I miss so much school um, because there were days I just literally could not get out of bed. Um, and so... Ultimately, like, I can look back on this season of, like, all of these lies and, like, all of these things. Like, I had to literally learn how to take every thought captive. And, like, it said all the time, but it got to the point where it was so bad and so consuming that, like, I literally had to take all these thoughts that I was having and write them down on paper and, like, go to scripture and refute it. Like, all of these lies of, like, I have no purpose, I have no worth, and, like, go to the word and be like, well, this is the purpose that God has spoken over you. Also, this is everything that God says about his own character and what the relationship between you and him should look like. And, like, that was such a grounding thing, like, in the middle of all of it, but I know my perspective in that time was so geared towards, like, God, like, 
I cannot do this anymore, just take it away. Like I literally, I cannot do it, like I just need you to take it away, like take this cup from me, I cannot do this. Um, instead of like having any sort of perspective of like, well what could you be like doing or mending or healing in the middle of me still struggling with this thing. And so I think I want um, to talk through some scripture for a second that helped me kind of process in the last little bit some of the things that the Lord was doing in this season that I didn't realize. And it should be on the screens, but it's Matthew 9, 1 through 8. Um, so you can follow along there or turn in your Bibles. But it says, And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to man. Um, and I think there are a lot of like really powerful things that you can kind of take apart like in this passage. I'm just going to talk about really a small portion of it. But um, just kind of looking at like verses 2 and 3, like... The way it's set up, like it says, and Jesus saw like their faith. Like he saw the faith of the people who brought this man to Jesus' feet for Jesus's feet for healing, and then he addressed the paralytic. I think that shows like the paralytic wasn't necessarily in this place of like having abundant faith that God was gonna like heal him or take it away from him. I know he wanted that, but um, Jesus' response like really made me think kind of like what was this man like feeling in the middle of this? And I tried to kind of put myself in that mindset, like I will never be able to grasp, but like what would I be feeling like if I had this physical ailment, like literally not being able to move? And like, I would be so full of like resentment and frustration and just bitterness and so many things. And I think Jesus addresses that so immediately. And he says like, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And I think it shows like, he looks straight past the physical needs of this man. And he, he like addresses like, any emotional pain that he could be feeling and he's telling him like take heart like let me encourage your soul also let me remind you of your identity you are my son you are a child of God and your identity is not rooted in the physical ailment that you have which is so powerful and then he forgives the man's sins and then I think throughout the rest of the passage like Jesus really shows like or like kind of raises the question like what is easier to say like what's more important that like your sins are forgiven that you're spiritually healed or that you're physically healed and then we see like Jesus does ultimately like fully heal this man of all of it but I think the biggest thing to take away is like he looked beyond the physical need and went straight to the spiritual one because Jesus cares so much more about your spiritual healing than your physical healing and that's so much of what I've experienced um and then also at the end, like the result of this healing was that people glorified God. And so probably the biggest takeaway that I have gotten from this passage is like Jesus does have healing for me. Like Jesus has healing for all of us. Um, but it might look different from like what he's asking, what we're asking him to do. But whatever his plan is, it is so much more glorifying to himself than anything I could come up with on my own. Um, and so with that, I kind of want to talk a little bit about what this past summer looked like. Um, it was such, 
such a season of the Lord just moving so radically. So I think a lot of people know I was supposed to go to Africa this past summer. Um, and obviously due to COVID, that didn't happen, which was really sad. But um, I was still able to be really involved with um, the ministry that I'm going with and was able to just spend a lot of time um, over the summer with these people. And the Lord moved so radically and abundantly through them. So towards the beginning of the summer, I was able to go on this camping trip um, with a lot of the people I'm going to be serving with next summer. And one of our leaders was giving this Devo one morning, and she was kind of talking through some things. And then she was like presenting this vision that the Lord had given her of there was this man who was like holding on so strongly to these chains that were already broken and just like kind of challenges with like the question, um, what are the things in your life that you are grasping onto so desperately and just like refusing to let go of that you feel like are completely enslaving you that Jesus has already given you freedom from? And I was like, wow, literally like, it just revealed like so much to me of like, I'm holding on to so many things, like not just like the f like tangible problem of like struggling with anxiety and depression, but also like so much more deeply rooted things of like, I was so consumed with shame. Like I couldn't even talk about the things that I had experienced in that past year without being an absolute puddle on the ground. Like, not being able to look anyone in the eyes. Like I was so ashamed of the place that I had found myself in earlier. And like, I was so full of like resentment towards different people who had like contributed to different things and like so full of like unforgiveness and just so much bitterness, like bitterness towards God for like not having taken it away. And just so many, so many like deep rooted things that you, like the Lord is like, I wanna take that from you. Like I wanna heal you of this first. And so all of those things, like the Lord started revealing to me like that day, but like <laughs> it scared me so much because I like, I felt so like exposed and I was like, I literally have no idea how to deal with this. And also like that summer was like really tough for me. And like, I still really struggled with all of the things, like having points that like I was really suicidal and still really struggling with self-harm. And I was, I found myself like running to like a lot of other things to try to cope. And I think what I learned by the end of the summer is that even as I continued to run away from the healing that the Lord had for me, he continued to meet me as I broke down because nothing I was doing was helping. And he just, he kept meeting me with so much graciousness and love and being like, Jessica, like you haven't you haven't screwed it up. Like I still have all this healing for you and I still have so much that I'm trying to do in your heart and trying to just restore all of it. Like I have it for you. Like I just want you to let go of these deeply rooted, painful things that you're grasping onto and just allow me to heal them and allow you to like walk in the freedom that I have for you. Like I'm just wanting you to surrender. And so I think... I really didn't get that through all of the summer. And um, I think this first semester of college has been tremendously hard for me. Um, but it has also been like such a blessing from the Lord of him just being so like gracious and providing me such a restful place to learn all of these things that he was doing that I couldn't see before. 
And so I think it's taken me all this time, like literally most of these things I have realized in the last like month or so. Um, and he's just given me this really beautiful perspective that I can hold on to now of like, he has such an abundance of like healing and freedom for my life. Um, but a lot of that is coming through like the uprooting of my pain and like it requires me to like give it over to him. And as I surrender it, like as I let go of those things, it kind of leads me like in a position of like, okay, like I'm not holding on to anything anymore. Like, Lord, what do you have for me to receive from you? Um, and for me, like a lot of that is just so much healing that I didn't really understand was happening. Um, and so I think a lot of the hope that I can like relate specifically to my story is like, really demonstrated in Revelation 21. Um, and so I think we have a slide for that too. And it says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And I think this has just been such a powerful thing for me to like sit and dwell in like in this, in this season of my life because it's not saying like he has wiped every tear or like there is no death right now or like there is no crying, there is no pain, there is no mourning. Like it's like, no, he will do those things. He will take away all of it. There won't be this pain anymore. But like that's not right now because like he is in the process of making all things new. And... I think it's just like like so powerful of like that's such like a present and forward tense of like I am doing it right now and I'm going to continue to do it in the future and um so I think like it's the same for kind of like the healing in my life and I'm sure like healing in a lot of your lives that you might not see yet but it's like Jesus has been healing me all this time and I just didn't see it because it didn't look the way that I wanted it to. Um, and he wasn't just taking away everything. He had such a different plan for that for me that like I have so much like gratitude for now even though it is still so hard to walk through all of these things. So I think ultimately like I don't have like a perfect way to like wrap up because like I said, I'm like very much in the middle of um, learning how to work through all of these things. But um, I think the Lord has blessed me with a really beautiful perspective of I am fully confident and like can so fully say like God has the capability to take it away in a heartbeat. Like I could wake up tomorrow and it'd be completely gone. But I don't really think that's going to happen. Um, and I wasn't okay with that for a really long time. But he's just been slowly revealing to me, like, I'm not taking it away because I'm working so much through it. Like, I'm teaching you so much. I'm growing you so much. And, like, ultimately, like, the whole process is healing. But it's just, like, kind of a slow one and, like, kind of a long one. And, like, that's okay. Like, I'm not just going to take it because I don't think you would grow as much. But, like, I am so very much, like, in the process of, like, healing and restoring your soul, which I think is so much more powerful and so much more beautiful. So that's kind of all I have for that little part. That. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jess. You did awesome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so stressful. <laughs> I know, isn't it? It's so. You did great, man. You did great. Before you get up, we still have 
a few minutes. We okay. just have a few minutes. And, yeah. and I just want to ask you a couple questions based on what we heard you share. Mm-hmm. And as I was back there listening to you, just listening to your circumstances and all the things that you mentioned, like you developed anxiety in elementary school, leading to depression mm-hmm. around seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Due to a back injury, gymnastics was taken from you, yeah. right? And then just through the struggle of the anxiety and depression, you started to have thoughts of self-harm, mm-hmm. suicidal ideations and things like that. Initially scared to talk about them, bottling them up. And so developing just a lot of a, a culture of secrecy and shame and things like that. You know, those things are so easy to compound. Did you ever find yourself just like angry with God at the circumstances of your life? Yeah, I think, I feel like overall, I'm not like the most angry person ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there was like some of that mixed in, but I think more of it was just like such a constant state of like, I don't understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I think there was some anger in there too of like, like, why are you not taking this? Like, I just don't understand why you're not taking this. And it like came out in the form of just like so much crying out of like yeah. literally like, have you left me? Like I was like mm-hmm. sitting only in Psalms for like months of just like literally God, like why have you left me? Like why are you not helping me? Like you see me suffering. Why are you not helping me? And so I think like there was a lot of anger mixed in there, but definitely just a lot of like doubts and questioning like about like is God even like good? Yeah. yeah. And so how did you navigate those questions? How did you navigate those doubts? So so one of the things I, I heard you say, and, and I, I want to pick up on this a little bit, mm-hmm. is there reached a point where you realized, I've got to talk to someone about the things I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And there were, I think you're fine if I share that. I'm, yeah, I won't, I won't go into detail or too many things. There were multiple times in my <laughs> office, Jess, Jess and I would meet, there were, there'd be multiple times with Ray, I don't know where, where Ray's at, somewhere in here, but... Hello, Rachel. There'd be multiple times with Ray and, and, you know, we'd be talking and I would tell you this truth. I would say, listen, secrecy is not your friend. Silence is not an ally in the fight against self-harm. And you like got so upset with me and I get it. Like in that moment, I I don't care, but, and I get it, but I, I, I firmly believe that. And, and so, you know, for, for, people in here who might be struggling with self-harm and things like that. Secrecy is not your friend. And, and by the way, rabbit trail, if you hear that and you're like, that's okay, I've talked to my friend, but I've made them promise that they'll keep it a secret. Mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> secrecy is not your friend. It doesn't matter if you've talked to someone, but you've yeah. sworn them to an oath of secrecy. Mm-hmm. It's still confined. Like mm-hmm. you, You've got to reach this point where you're like, I've got to pop the bubble yeah. and get it out there, as scary as that might be. Mm-hmm. So, so you said I'm not the angriest of people and we certainly know that about you you're (laughs) such a a gentle soul you really are but you were confused and Mm -hmm. you were waiting on God to deliver you and he wouldn't and so that led to like are you even with me anymore and you began to process Mm -hmm. those things so how did you move from I'm confused I feel alone I don't want to talk about any of this to okay I need to do this like what was the step of courage in that um I think like one literally the stuff you're explaining like I had gone like so much time like literally exactly what you said like 
I had had times when I was like in middle school or younger where like I had told someone like, hey, I am struggling with this, but like literally if you tell anyone, like I'm gonna be so upset. Like yeah. like I just I yeah. could not but Which puts I an think, immense burden on them. Yeah. Because now they're not they're good. carrying the fact that you're self harming or want to self harm, mm-hmm. but now they don't want to lose the friendship by telling yeah. someone. Like that it's just not a, a good move for anybody. Yeah. To to do that confidential I'm telling you but don't tell. Yeah. Like that's not that's not a a move towards help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, like, I had, like, really kind of walked through so much of it for so long without telling anyone. Like, I don't even think I started seeing, like, an actual counselor until I was a junior in high school, which was, it should have mm-hmm. been so much sooner than that. But um, I think because I'd walked for so long of, like, not getting any help and, like, I wasn't, like, I was still here. So I was, like, I must be doing, like, something right. Um, but, like... Honestly, like a lot of the things that we learned like over that summer was like learn to ask for help, like learn to be vulnerable with people and like just kind of like as you open your heart, like people who love you and care about you like are going to come around you and they are going to help you. Um, And I think like that was such like a powerful thing for me and like the Lord placed like really great people in my life. And like, I had never at that point been in a season where I had experienced any community before or had people like you or Rachel that I felt like would even care um, to help me at all. And so I think like it was like a small step, but like a tremendous step of like telling y'all. And like, I, I think like, I can't even point to a specific reason why I did it, but like, I just remember like this mindset of like, I, cannot hold this in anymore because it is absolutely destroying me like I hate myself like I literally was just like had such a wall of shame built up and like I literally could not move anymore like it had taken over everything and like for me like it was really like an addiction and a really unhealthy coping um and so like telling someone like it also had to become like a continual thing of like, that was not the only conversation I had Mm -hmm. with you guys about it. Like we had to have a lot of conversations Mm -hmm. about it because it doesn't just disappear. It doesn't just go away. Like I had to like really learn how to like be dependent on like other people and like also learn like, okay, Matt and Rachel aren't counselors either. Like I have to tell Mm -hmm. my actual counselor and like I would get frustrated if my parents were to find out because it was just like, how my mind was working but like they just so like like the perspective now is like I would still be right in the pit if I had not told anyone and like I think that was really just the Lord like moving and shaping my heart of being like okay like literally you have to tell someone because you will never get out of it if you don't that's amazing well last question that I have for you so you you talked about really just being, I would describe it like in a fog or Mm -hmm. in a darkness, just this metaphorical, like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to move. And so you you were in this period of of navigating the dark of of like, in my life, I do not know what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm scared to take any step. I feel inadequate to take any step. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure God is with me. And yet you, you, took steps in that like so what advice do you have for us because there will be seasons when it's like I don't know what I don't know I don't know what to do in this I'm scared I'm doubtful of myself of God 
How do you muster the, the fortitude in those moments to continually navigate the fog and the dark? Yeah. Um, I think like, like a short little story that I feel like shift was just like such a powerful thing for me. Like I remember having a conversation with a friend um, pretty, pretty far into these couple of like really rough months. And I remember um, and then pretty much saying something along the lines to me that like made me mad like in the moment, but like brought so much meaning later of like, just like I wish I could feel the brokenness that you feel. And I was like, literally, no, you don't. Like, you do not know what this is like. Like, you do not want this pain, whatever. Um, but then like the perspective made sense, like as we kept talking of like, um, no, I'm not saying I want to be depressed or anything like that, but like you are experiencing a brokenness that is like literally you are so at the end of yourself. You literally have nothing left mm -hmm. to give. Like you're experiencing a dependence on the Lord, like nothing I've ever experienced before. Cause I've never been that broken. And it like almost made me a little bit grateful mm -hmm. of like, okay, like I am experiencing this brokenness and like, it's making me realize like I have to be so dependent on the Lord. Yeah. And so it was like, yes, I have all these questions and all this doubting and like this like bitterness and like all these other things like built up towards God but like I had to keep like anchoring myself back to all the ways that I had seen him work in the past of like you have done all these powerful things like through my life and have just shown up continually in so many different ways so like even if I don't feel you right now and even if you aren't taking this away like I can look back on my past and everything I've been through and like confidently say like I know he is good and I know that he is here because of all these things that he's done. And so like, I think so much of that process and like mm. these months have been a lot of learning to navigate doubts and like yeah. learning to like navigate wrestling with God because I didn't think that was okay. Yeah. But it's like, yes, like it is mm -hmm. okay to like express the way you're feeling towards God. And I think a lot of it just kind of came down to like me having to like really just like lean into the word and also like lean into the people around me that mm -hmm. the Lord like placed in my life and like those people surrounded me like I have really great people in my life and like mm -hmm. um he's just shown me like I'm gonna continue showing up and like giving you everything you need to like walk through it and like mm -hmm. it was like so foggy and like just so hard to continue walking but like literally had to remind myself like constantly like no like your hope is in the Lord and like even if it doesn't feel like it like he is there like mm -hmm. everything that I was feeling was going against what I knew to be true yeah and I had to like learn right. and train myself to be like no you have to fix this so if I'm hearing you correctly <laughs> I, I, I'm picking out four things I heard in okay. this okay if I'm hearing you correctly how do we navigate the fog I heard basically a sober view of yourself. Like I yeah. don't have the strength to get myself out of this. Mm -hmm. So a sober view of yourself coming to the end of yourself, a view of what God has done for you in the past. Even if you can't see him in the moment, you have a history of how he's worked in your life in the past. And yeah. so you're falling back on that. Mm -hmm. His faithfulness was revealed then. Why would it stop now? Simply because I don't feel it. Yeah. The word of God as an anchor <laughs> and, a, and a guide for your soul, yeah. and then the community of mm -hmm. people around you, the support system. I think I heard yeah. you mention those four things. Yeah. Is that, yeah, I think that sums it up. This is not scripted or rehearsed. Like I, like this is not. Really, I'm, I'm like trying to listen to her real answers right now. Yeah. Those are awesome. Those are really mm -hmm. good. So uh, last thing, you, you said, and I love this, about this new perspective mm -hmm. that God has given you. And um, 
and we, we, when we did talk last week, we, I kind of put words to it. I said, it, this is the already, but not yet. Yeah. Like, this is a theme that runs throughout the Bible. It's the already, but not yet. It is here, but not fully here. It mm-hmm. is real, but I don't feel the full effects yet. Yeah. The kingdom of God is one of those themes. The mm-hmm. kingdom of God is at hand. Well, is the kingdom fully here yet? No, not yeah. yet, but it is here. It's the already here, but not yet here. And when I hear you talk about healing, I'm, I'm just brought to this mm-hmm. idea that runs through the scriptures mm-hmm. that, and, and you mentioned it tonight, I already have healing because of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. I just don't have full healing in this life yet. It's the already not yet. And yeah. you're embracing the tension of that truth and finding joy and comfort and peace and victory mm-hmm. through that, yeah. which is really amazing. So Jess, we're so proud of you. Thanks so much Thank for sharing you. your story. We yeah. love you. You did a great job. Thank you. Give it up for Jess. Thanks. I'm going to pray for us. Awesome. Jesus, thank you so much for my sister Jess and the story that you have given her. You have brought her through (laughs) some dark times and some very difficult and confusing times. And Jesus, we thank you for your strength and your love and your grace, for your spirit, for the history of what you've done in her life that became an anchor for her. We thank you for the community that you gave her and surround her with, for your word. Father, we thank you for your presence, the peace that you've given her through your spirit, a peace in the midst of turmoil, of not having peace, sometimes both and at once. And we thank you for the mystery of that, Jesus. We pray, Jesus, for those in a similar plight as Jess, struggling with anxiety and depression and self-harm, that it would not be a secret, not some bottled up thing or never talked about, but that through vulnerability and courage, they would find freedom, they would find help, and they would find hope in you. Jesus, we ask these things in your name. Amen. some very difficult and confusing times. And Jesus, we thank you for your strength and your love and your grace, for your spirit, for the history of what you've done in her life that became an anchor for her. We thank you for the community that you gave her and surround her with, for your word. Father, we thank you for your presence, the peace that you've given her through your spirit. A peace in the midst of turmoil, of not having peace. Sometimes both and at once. And we thank you for the mystery of that, Jesus. We pray, Jesus, for those in a similar plight as Jess, struggling with anxiety and depression and self-harm, that it would not be a secret, not some bottled up thing or never talked about but that through vulnerability and courage, they would find freedom, they would find help, and they would find hope in you. 
Jesus, we ask these things in your name. Amen.